Welcome to The Broad Pod, just a couple of broads interviewing inspiring women. I'm Becca. And I'm Jackie. Let's get inspired together. Don't forget to stay tuned at the end of the episode for a special surprise for our guest. And thank you to WKWC for allowing us to use their podcast studio. So Jackie, do you remember? <laughs> I'm scared of what you're no, about to ask. Don't be scared. You should, I, I don't know. Do you remember when I sent you the picture of me and Matt waxing our nose hairs? Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's time for it again. Oh no. <laughs> have you all, have you ever waxed your nose hair? I have not waxed my so, nose hairs. I come from no. people and I'm, I'm not afraid to say it. Um, and so, yeah, Sounds we painful. bought like the last Prime Day, one of the little like <laughs> lightning deals was a nose hair waxing kit. Okay. And it's the best thing that's ever happened in my house. Okay. It honest. sounds really? like the most painful thing. It sounds like a nosebleed. It's not as painful as you think it would be. Okay. Um, but it kind of makes Matt my, my eyes water thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, yes. no, I mean, thank you. There's like a technique you have to like hold here oh. and then pull, which I know like people listening can't hear, but highly recommend the ten dollars <laughs> nose hair waxing. I'm gonna stick to trimmers. Yeah. <laughs> little, hair trimmers. little long tip scissors. <laughs> nose know. hair trimmers. Yeah. yeah, but anyway, sorry, I was just randomly looking at myself in the bathroom and uh, I was like, yeah, no, it's time for that again. So that's what I'll be doing. Um, after that this. sounds. But yeah. What an odd thing to start a podcast with, yeah. but I was, Lovely. you had said, let's talk about that sometime. So, <laughs> I love it. Here we All are. Right, here we are. So Thank by the time this has, has come out, Christmas would have been just a couple of days ago and we're getting into New Year's. Mm. Um, we'll be later this week. Do you already know what your New Year's resolutions are going to be at all? <sighs> Read a book? No, that's no, definitely not on the list. No, not not no, you know what? That might be a, a few years from now okay. to read a book. Um, I don't yet. Man, you put me on the spot. I'm Are not you a prepared. New Year's resolution person? I guess we never really discussed that. You know, I want to be better. So it's a good time to like kind of reset and like think about like, what can I do better yeah. this year? I don't know that I like, I'm like, oh, rigid and like, let me write this down and like, you know, really think it out. But I, I have done like the word of the year thing with you know at white chateau you know they do the conference or whatever i've done that and that's cool because then all year long you kind of think about that like am i applying that today am i so what that's, was your that's word a kind of, for this year <clears throat> oh that's a great question Podcast. <laughs> Podcast. no it was grace is what it was like oh. extending myself some grace oh yourself you know? some grace myself good for I got you. you myself okay. just for because you. you know uh raising two kids sometimes you feel like you fall short and you feel oh, like yeah. you're not doing your best so I'm like you know what I, I need to extend myself some grace in all areas of life because I am good about extending grace to others but not always to myself so yeah, yeah that was what my word was I was trying to think I was getting confused because I cannot remember what my I did this the year before also and I cannot remember what my word was then Tracy, are you, a, are you a resolution I love person? all the new years. Okay. So January 1, fiscal year, <laughs> coming out of higher education, love it. start a school is a whole new year. <laughs> and I have resolutions and new for habits all of it. for all the new years. I love so, that. Yeah, that's smart. I'm in. I'm in. I, I love I it. I usually have a resolution and it'll last, you know, a few weeks. A hot minute. And, then, <laughs> it's not. and so I, I haven't even thought about what they're going to be. Yeah, no, I, I don't have a clue. We'll, we'll talk about that together. There not you go. Not be sick. Not be, yeah. Because, you know, we, Good just, luck with we, that. we stay sick with a kid in daycare. <laughs> yes. So that's fun. All right. We have a lovely guest. Mm -hmm. We um, absolutely do. Episode. The most beautiful, intelligent woman. Amazing hair day. In Ellensboro, Kentucky ever. <laughs> and we're joined by her husband, which is exciting. Yes. Hello. Um, and so we have Tracy Naylor here with us. Hello. Sweetest um, soul ever. And oh. Tracy, can you just like introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're from, all sure, those kind of things. Sure, sure, sure. I'm so glad to be here. And this is so fun. This is a little fun fact of introduction is that I've actually interviewed both of you all for jobs. Yes, uh -huh. you have. I, I, know, about I think it. I'm probably Tracy. the only guest that yeah. could say <laughs> yes, that at some point in life I've interviewed both of you. And yes. you were my top choices for both. So oh, anyway, it's nice. Oh, no, it's you. Fun. Yeah, and that's how, that's how I met her and she just has stood out to me as a human being like and just like I'm like every, anytime Genuine, I see her I'm just like my gosh you're just like, like a magnets sweet soul whenever we see each other I know it's just like oh. you just light up and oh you light me up when I see you so Same. 
Same, same. <laughs> so I'm Tracy Naylor. I'm the executive director of the Owensboro Health Foundation. I am married to my lovely husband, Jason Cox. He is the golf coach at Brescia University. So props to the Bearcats, wow. even though we're in the right. recording studio. That's right. Your clothes are on fire. Husband's a go- golf, mm-hmm. golfer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, I'm stepmom to two lovelies that are my bright spot in my day every day that I get to be in that role and it's just who I am and I'm glad to be here very nice um you have one of your stepdaughters goes to high point right random higher ed question does she love it is it everything that they sell it to be it is like the Disney world of colleges I know that neato man he's he knows what he's doing telling you it is unlike anything I've ever seen yeah. Do you know anything about High Point I University? I don't. It I is like hear. it's like a resort with classes. Yes. Really? Like on yes. the first, I, I don't know if they still do this, but it, when I worked at Elon, it was sort of like our direct competition, you know. But like on the first day, it rains every semester. They like pass out umbrellas, and they have an ice cream truck that comes <laughs> wow. to campus. They used to have somebody whose job was like wow, yes. or something like a concierge basically yes. for the campus. They still Goodness, have a where concierge is this? office. Where is this High Point, North Carolina, oh. just outside of Greensboro. Wow. Where all it's, the furniture is made. So, <laughs> what are like the may like the actual like major draws? Like Everything what, you like can imagine. So yeah. they, they're known for every major. Yeah, you know, okay. they just started a dental school and wow. optometry and. Doesn't he? Isn't this has nothing to do with anything we're talking about? Um, but isn't Nito like he's part owner of Great Harvest? Because my husband's always like, I don't know if you want to eat Great Harvest, you're supporting High Point. And I'm like, whatever. I forgot. I can't that. get past that pimento right. cheese. I need it in my life. When we took her for orientation, they had this massive convocation out on the lawn. I mean, there were like 5,000 people out on this lawn, yeah. and they released a bald eagle oh to my. the Josh Groban song. <laughs> Stop you it. Know. That sounds like a, like a, a drama. The eagle yeah. like flew <laughs> over the crowd. and Yeah, it's it's so like, if anybody what? has never checked out High Point, um, Elon has, the, they're good points too, but High Point is it's, when we went and toured there once, when we were, my husband's over admissions here, um, and we were trying to figure out like what's happening with, like how to improve our campus tour. When we went to visit friends in North Carolina, we took tours at all these different universities, which was really interesting. But um High Point, at one point on the tour, at that time, they had, like, the first class of an airplane. They had, like, a mock yes. first class of oh an airplane for students to sit in so that they would know how to act in their future business careers. Oh. Anyway, it was just, like, the most, like, it's the experience bougie It sounds bougie yes. and amazing yeah, of so, the world. Anyway, random side note that I knew about you, so I apologize. Yeah. Jackie, do you want to carry it away with the uh, icebreakers? Icebreaker did you now, Did you struggle with these, Tracy? I feel like our guests uh, a little, do. a little I bit. I gave him thought, oh, but then husband Jason is shaking is his head aggressively. Yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we'll start with the first one. Okay. See where you landed. Okay. What has been one of the most influential films to you, and a short reason why? So, Wizard of Oz. I know that's kind Classic. of odd. No, it's it is not. the first. It's amazing. One of the first movies I can remember watching as a child, mm-hmm. and the first thing that struck me that I really remember about it was it was where I came to understand symbolism. Oh. So as a six or seven year old kid, That's you know, amazing. to understand that those farm hands were the scarecrow and the tin man mm. and the lion mm-hmm. and just the symbolism. And I, as, like I said, as a six, seven, eight year old, I was like, wow, that's cool. Yeah. But then deep. just the, when I think about me and who I am, it resonated very strongly with me because I am all heart. Mm-hmm. And if we were all, all heart. That would not be a good thing, and that's my strength. But if, if I don't, you know, I I surround myself with other people who have other gifts and talents and strengths, and that's my friend tribe. It's my work tribe, and that I don't know. That's just how that kind of spoke to me. I think that's the first time I really learned that lesson of you don't have to be everything. You don't have to do everything on your own. Surround yourself with people, and they will give you that strength and feed you and and help you. In the spots where maybe you don't have quite, yeah, quite the strength to manage they that. Compliment you. So, yeah, that's yeah. A good answer. that is that's good. Really that good was answer. really, really deep. And I now was, I'm gonna go watch it and be like, ah, symbolism. I was really scared of Wizard of Oz as a kid. Like oh, there were some was really scary parts scared. to me as a kid with like the monkeys and the the witch and stuff. Yeah, so. that was scary, but I loved it. When I was little, it aired every year, and I don't know if it was like a Christmas thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know when yeah. it was, but I can remember being like Wizard Look, of Oz, looking forward to it. Last time. Yeah, and yeah, it was a thing. Did that you ever watch wonderful. the Michael Jackson The Wiz? No. 
You need to watch it. it no. It's good. And I've oh. I've never seen Wicked. So I, what? I know. I haven't I know, either. I'm I with know. you. There's a lot of judgment coming from me towards y'all right now. <laughs> we feel I apologize. Like, no, we feel the music it. is just so good. We were talking about Wicked today. I don't because somebody in my office, we were talking about how like there's always two sides to every story, mm-hmm. right? And like, you know, Wicked is one of those stories where it's told from what traditionally we've considered the villain's point of view. And it's, you know, talking just a perspective and those kind of mm-hmm. things. So anyway. Cool. We're like super deep in my office, oh my obviously. Gosh, yeah. so Very crazy. philosophical <laughs> while we're watching TikTok dances or whatever. So, anyway. All right. So next one. If you could be the member of any fictional family, which one would it be and why? I did not struggle with this. Okay. It would be the Ingalls family from Little House on the Prairie. Oh, my God. I love it. I haven't thought about that show in so long. No doubt. Like, it took about 2.8 seconds to be like, oh, yeah, the Ingalls, for sure. I want to be Laura Ingalls Wilder's sister. No I doubt. Love I, again, had all the books. I watched it faithfully every afternoon. I loved the outside and the animals in there. I would like sit and brush my hair like they would, you know, before they went to bed, I would brush my hair like that when I had long hair and candles. I would pretend to blow out candles. You know how they would cut the hurricane of, oh yeah. Uh, lived it, breathed it, love it. That makes me would go live so there right happy. now today. I thought about Little House on the Prairie for a long time. I know. I used to watch that show like crazy. What was the snotty girl's name? Was it Nell? Nellie Olson. Yes. Oh. Yeah, that's Jackie. I'm just kidding. Oh, how dare you? <laughs> Not really. Excuse you. No, it's okay. Hey, people that like, know me are like going to think mean that. girls of our childhood was Nellie Olson. And I'm a mean girl. Mm. No, no, I'm just mm. kidding. No, never. <laughs> I'll show you mean girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, last icebreaker. If you could only listen to one song on repeat for the rest of your life, what would it be and why? So I'm not, to much to the chagrin of almost everyone I meet, I'm not a big music person. Oh, okay. Really? I like music. Yeah. I, know. I love Jason's I know. reaction. He's like beating his head against the wall, sucking <laughs> yeah. his thumb when I say that. Yeah. I love live music. I'll go listen to oh, any great. live music, yeah. but in the car, I never turn on the radio. I just... I treasure silence, I guess. And I also am missing the chip in my brain that recognizes, oh, that's so-and-so. Oh, that's this song. <laughs> yeah. I just don't know anything. Yeah. Like, we play a game in the car all the time, and it's like, name that tune, but it's name the artist. I never know anything. Yeah. So you my, and my go-to, husband should totally hang out. My go-to is Aerosmith. It drives me nuts. Yeah, that's always my go-to. Know who this is? <laughs> but my, in, in really thinking, I actually got my playlist out which is comical <laughs> but I got my playlist and oh. like, what do I spend my time listening to again odd Andrea Bocelli sings oh. a version of Puccini's Turado and there's a song yeah. in it and it's a very it's a very recognizable song if you heard it you'd be like oh that song and it builds and it's anticipation and to me it's hope and it it is in my vision, it is God's arms open wide and welcoming oh, that. into an embrace of comfort and love. And I've got this. I played it for him the other day and I was crying. It just, it brings tears to my eyes every time I hear it. And so if I'm down, it's inspiring to me. If I'm up, it's like, yes, <laughs> yes, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And it's just a very, it draws emotion and it fits every emotion that I have at any given time. So. I would say I if I had that, to, if I could only listen to one thing when I chose to listen to something, it would be that. That's it. All right. I'm just like Sounds sitting powerful. here listening to Tracy talk and I'm like, do you guys know that movie Inside Out? Oh, yes. Do you know Joy? She's Joy. She is Joy. She's literally she Joy. Is joy. She oh is Joy. She is Joy in human form. <laughs> oh, Jason says you have, you have no oh idea. Oh my gosh. And which but one like, are you, Jason? <laughs> <laughs> He's a little red guy now. No, no, but like really, you were like I don't. I, that is just like, like this the little perfect, light walking around. That is I actually the have a little figurine of joy. Deborah Carrico gave it to me a, several years ago because she said the same thing. And she, the next time I saw her, she brought me this little figurine of joy. So she sits by my bedside, and he just that got home hilarious. from a trip to Oklahoma where he got to go to the Pioneer Woman's Mercantile. <laughs> while he was there, he bought me a bracelet that I just put on that says "Choose Joy." Oh, so that's so perfect. Yeah. Because well, you chose Joy, Jason, because you're married to her. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Thank you. Though. I guess that's if Magical sweet. Memories adds Inside Out characters, then they got Joy oh, covered. Yeah. No. She's, you would be like a perfect Disney princess, too. Oh, yes. absolutely. I mean, yes. 100%. 
All right. So that's, that's the end of the interview. Have a nice night. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Um, so tell us about your life, your upbringing, your family. Yeah. Are you from Owensboro? How did you get to Owensboro? All of that. Yeah. So kind of, um, I was born in Indiana. My mom actually is from Memphis. My dad is from just south of Terre Haute, a little, little north of Evansville, a little town called Petersburg, Indiana. And somehow they managed to meet in Kansas City, Missouri. Oh, yeah. So they wound up back in Indiana where my dad was from, and he worked in coal mines and all the things. So I was actually born in Indiana in mid-80s. Um, he Coal mines kind of went south in that area, and he lost his job. And that summer, that was right around spring break that year, and that summer my mom was diagnosed at 31 with cancer. So we... We, they, you know, I was 11 and really didn't have a, I didn't have a real sense of things at that point, but they had a real strong desire just to be surrounded by family. We were there alone. We didn't have any family nearby. So my dad's sister lived here in Owensboro. So we just came here and luckily he found a job and just by grace, this is where we wound up and it's become, it's been home and is home and will forever be home. So I went away to college, you know, went to Knoxville, Tennessee to college. I went to Johnson Bible College and have a double major in Bible and counseling. Um, stayed down there for a little while, dipped my toes into higher education the first time and was an admissions counselor. And then we, I moved back to Owensboro. We had a, a couple that were my mom and dad's best friends and they were in a really horrific motorcycle crash and he was killed and it was just kind of like why do I not live where my mom and dad are living why am I away from the people I love most (laughs) so I moved back home and um, came to work at Wellington Park which is an Alzheimer's nursing facility I had no idea at the time um, that years later my grandparents would both go through dementia experience and what that would you know that that thread would be woven through my journey Mm -hmm. Um, wound up really at the American Cancer Society that was like my first big girl kind of big, you know, it was a career. It was the mm-hmm. first time I realized I had a career. And working for a national nonprofit and just the scope and scale of everything they did and the marketing and just the level of quality and expectation, it that was a life-changing trajectory kind of move for me. So I actually followed the American Cancer Society to Northern Kentucky, wound up working in Cincinnati for the Hope Lodge, which was a kind of like a Ronald McDonald house for cancer patients and family members that were adults. So Ronald McDonald house is kids, Hope Lodges are for the adults. And just loved that, but life circumstances brought me back home again Mm -hmm. in 2007. So I've been here ever since then, and I landed at Brescia, thankfully, at that point, and spent the next 12 years at Brescia. Most of that was as the vice president for advancement there. So really um, entrenched in fund development and marketing, public relations, all those things. It was kind of the culmination of the variety of work that I had done up to that point came to that spot. But the joy of that um, was where I met my husband. It, we, we had met years and years before, but yeah. you know it was acquaintance kind of thing. Um, but we we became very, very good friends during that time at Brescia and even had talked about dating, but it was like, we work together. <laughs> if that went south, that's a, you know, that's a negative. Yes. So when I landed in the advancement office as the, as the leading the advancement team, he was the director of alumni relations. So he worked for me. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> and so we spent, you know, every day together, mm-hmm. eight hours a day. And it was <laughs> pretty obvious, pretty quick that, oh, okay. This is, we can't ignore this when we're in the same space together all the time. So he stayed about six, seven months and then resigned. <laughs> and a week after he resigned, he kissed me in my kitchen at my house. Oh my and God. Oh, I need more. <laughs> we started dating. That. And 15 months later, he proposed in that same spot in my kitchen. And oh, that's so sweet. We just celebrated six years. Oh, congratulations. Um, our six year anniversary a couple weeks ago. So, yeah. So I've been now at the, at the, um, hospital foundation for a little over three years and just love 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 being in that environment and getting to impact change and make a difference so what do you do like at the hospital tell us a little bit more about your day-to-day yep so the foundation is actually a philanthropic organization so we raise dollars from individuals corporations grant funders that could be the state um, federal government, we just received a $500,000 grant from the wow. um, Department of Justice wow. through the 
with federal government. Um, so we just, we raise dollars and bring them into the healthcare system and we turn right back around and we give them out in the form of grant funding within the healthcare system. So if you really think about healthcare and how a hospital brings in revenue, it's three things. It's, it's the government. So Medicare, Medicaid, mm-hmm. it's private insurance. That's you know, those two things together, the number, those that's the largest source of revenue, and then private pay. Unfortunately, we all, when we have a bill, there's that you owe. Mm. Right. So <laughs> that's that's typically what people think of as the three revenue streams coming into a hospital. And we get to be the fourth. So we get to bring in dollars. Those three things all have billable charges in common. And contrary to what many people think, Healthcare is expensive. It is expensive. Yes, people are rewarded and and compensated well, but their jobs are hard. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and the competition for those very high skilled jobs and positions is steep. So it is not. It's not a profit center by any stretch of the imagination. And so the foundation gets to tap into those philanthropic dollars and do things that we wouldn't be able to do otherwise. So one of the most recent cool things that we were able to fund, we our board approved about $70,000, and we're going to provide 190 iPads across the three hospitals that are part of Owensboro Health. So every nurse leader on every floor and every unit in all three hospitals, will have the same tool. They'll have the same software that's attached to that tool. They're all monitoring the same accreditation standards. If it's an elderly patient, then there's a standard of care for an elderly patient. There's a set of questions. If, you know, your blinds are broken in your room, you can file a maintenance request. If you're particularly Mm -hmm. grateful and you say, how can I give back? How can I say thank you? They can say, let me make, send a message to my friends at the foundation and they'd love to talk with you. So it's this very integrated system that's going to streamline how we care for our patients. And it, that's something that we're able to be a part of moving the healthcare system forward, being innovative and taking care of our team members and our patients and quality and satisfaction, all those kinds of things. So we do things like that. We cover mammograms for women who don't have insurance or underinsured, lung cancer screenings, um, We have hospitality suites at the hospital. Most of those are occupied by our families from the NICU. Mm -hmm. So when babies are born and they've got to stay, then mom can be just a few floors down and able to go nurse if she wants to do that or just simply be there. So there's a million things that we do, but it's, it's, it's pretty cool to be able to, to be able to have a finger in the pie of some really impactful work and knowing that we're changing, making things better for patients in what's typically the worst time of their life. Most people, unless you're having a baby, you're not there because you want to be, you know. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Well, and <clears throat> Owensboro Health has grown. Like, my parents live in Litchfield. Yes. And so y- y'all just um, acquired or whatever the hospital. Mm-hmm. And so it's beyond Owensboro and Davis County. I mean, how how far is the reach of That's Owensboro That's right. Health? We have 18 counties that oh, we wow. consider part of our reach. So it's 16 counties in Kentucky and then Spencer and Perry County in Indiana. But those 16 counties stretch from E-Town to Union County down to Logan County. Uh, Hart and Edmondson County are part of that. So mm-hmm. it's a primarily rural community. And the other two hospitals, Litchfield and then um, Greenville, has Muhlenberg Community Hospital. Owensboro Health Muhlenberg Community Hospital. So it's rural spaces. Say, communities who need the things that y'all are able to offer. That's right. So that's that's great. right. And Owensboro Health Regional Hospital kind of serves as the hub. So they can they can receive the primary care and, you know, they even a lot of specialty care through the health plexes that we have in those communities. But then if care needs to be at a higher level, they can come to Owensboro. So we're now starting to look at things like transportation. It's great to provide the opportunity, but if we're talking about a rural population that where poverty is high and, you know, the economic impact of, of what we've been through over the last few years and the cost of gas. And you think about a cancer patient that's coming here for treatment. Mm-hmm. I, I had 25 radiation treatments where I went every day for six thirty radiation. I went every day for six weeks. You come from an hour away, you're driving 120 miles. That's expensive. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're trying to solve those kinds of problems and food insecurity 
people think, what does that have to do with healthcare? Well, if you can't eat right and you don't have access to healthy foods and you can't afford healthy foods, what does that mean? So we're really starting to think about the social determinants of health and how can we play a role in those kinds of housing. Here in Davis County, housing was named as one of the top five priority health needs of our community this past year. Housing. Yeah. So a lot of people don't even think about, that's not healthcare. It absolutely is healthcare. Yeah. It absolutely is. So, well, it sounds cool. like, it sounds like a very rewarding job very for sure at, at times. Um, but what are some of the more difficult things about mm-hmm. your job? There's so much, there's so <laughs> much that we could do so much that I want to do yeah. and prioritizing that I tend to, I tend to put a lot on my plate and tend to be like, we can do this and I can do this and I'm going to go talk to this person and I can do this. And sometimes I, I get a little carried away. So I have to harness my own self and my energy and enthusiasm and focus. And sometimes that's the hardest part. It's, it's not telling the story. You know, we've got a great story to tell and we've got a lot of people that want to be part of what we do it's just the bandwidth and so many people who have needs mm-hmm. so you talked a little bit very briefly about it but you are a cancer survivor I am um <clears throat> so what are you willing to share with us about that journey and I put on the list of questions I said you <laughs> aka how are you such a badass but Amen. I mean to hey, me preach. like to be a cancer survivor <laughs> just tell us about that experience I guess well I mentioned earlier my mom was diagnosed with colon cancer at 31. She was diagnosed again at 51. Um, So the first time, back then, I mean, it was 1984, 85 probably, and so back then there was not the modern medicine. I mean, it wasn't that long ago, but it wasn't the modern way of doing things like it is now. She had radiation treatments that were just horrific, you know. She had surgery, and her chemo treatments were in the hospital. I can remember starting sixth grade, and she was in Evansville in the hospital, and I was in Petersburg, and I had to stay with friends, and it was a brand-new school, and, you know, so she, her attitude, and I remember hearing everyone talk about her attitude and how positive she was and that that was what got her through. There just was no option to her as to she was going to get through. She had me and my dad take care of, and she had things to do and life to live, and she wasn't going to let that get her down. So I had that in my forefront of my mind my whole life, my whole memorable life. And again, at 51 when she went through it, that was thankfully a pretty minimal. It was caught extremely early. It was a pretty minimal experience, and we walked away from it. You know, the grand scheme of things wasn't even that big a deal. So I had had my screenings, knowing that it was runs in the family was what we'd always talked about. My grandma had colon cancer. Her dad had stomach cancer. So we knew it ran in my family. I was faithful about my screenings. I had had a colonoscopy in August of 2015. Yeah, August of 2015. And uh, by spring of 16, I started having some symptoms. Life was stressful. You know, we were deep into a capital campaign at Brescia and doing something record-breaking there and knew we were engaged, we were moving, all the things. And um, we just kind of blew it off that it was stress. I went to the doctor and, like, you just had colonoscopy, it's fine. This is probably stress. Take some medication, change your diet, do these things. And it didn't, the symptoms that I was having didn't get any better. So I went back to the doctor in spring of 17 and he was like, you know, why don't we just go ahead and do another colonoscopy? We'll just clean you out, literally, and, you know, (laughs) see what's going on, and maybe it's just the clean out. Maybe we just need to start over and reintroduce. Maybe we're looking at an infection or an allergy or something. And so April 3rd, uh, my mom went with me to have the colonoscopy, and I can remember it was like coming up out of the water, like if you'd been in the deep end of the pool and you were coming up out of the water and everything got brighter and clearer and the sounds got louder. And I can vividly remember hearing the doctor say two to three centimeter tumor. And before I even opened my eyes, I knew. And once I was awake, I said, were you just talking about me? And he told me that I did have a two to three centimeter tumor in my colon. And I just burst into tears, like sobbing, wailing. Like it drew a crowd. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny now, you know, and. That was the last time I cried about it. 
Really? That was the last time I cried about it. Because I was standing there with my mom that had done this twice. And she was everything that I needed to be a model of to get through this. And I was not going to do it any different. I was determined that for whatever reason, God chose that plan for me and that path for me. And it was an opportunity to um, to just show that light and to show that grace that God can give and that comfort that he can provide. And I just determined I was going to go through it with a smile on my face and there wasn't anything that was going to come along that she hadn't done. So she did it. I could do it. And away we went. And I had this amazing tribe of people around me and it just was what it was. You know, there was, um, we, the day the eclipse, remember the, um, the big eclipse in August, that was my Mm -hmm. first day of treatment post-surgery. And, you know, we sat there together in the, watching the eclipse and had our glasses on (laughs) and I got my IV in and, you know, we just tried to make all of it. I named my, I had a chemo ball that was like, I wore the chemo treatment for a week and I had this ball that was a ball of chemo. So that was Lucy. (laughs) <laughs> Lucille Ball, you know, oh, I mean, it's funny. Who was Eugene? To, I remember so, <laughs> seeing Eugene on your Facebook, and I'm yep. like, I don't know what this means exactly. So, really good friend of mine, Jenny Poole, she, when I called her and told her, she was like, we're going to name that tumor, and we're going to find, sorry to all the Eugenes out there, but she was like, we're going to find a name for him because he is the the nerdiest, like, most, you know, the person, the kid in school that made everybody look because he was so smart and like the kid that everybody wanted to kick on the playground and she's like Eugene his name shall be Eugene and so we named the tumor Eugene and we were gonna kick Eugene's ass and that's what we did and you know we just tried to make light out of all of it and so I'll celebrate five years um, cancer-free in a couple of weeks oh that's amazing that's a pretty pretty good victory yeah yeah it's um it's definitely, that's a good feeling. That's a really yes. good feeling. So I, I was very open and honest about all of it from the get-go. I wanted, I talked about Eugene and I talked about my faith and I wanted people to know because the more that I talked about it, the more comfortable people were. Yeah. And I wanted them to understand, I have an, an ileostomy and she toots sometimes and sometimes <laughs> it's loud and, you know, I can't control it. And it, I wanted people to be comfortable about that so that I would be comfortable. Yeah. If other people were uncomfortable, then I was going to be uncomfortable. And I didn't want that. So yeah. um, I just tried to be as forthcoming about all of it and to, it's part of who I am. And yes. so, well, and you don't know who, you, I just keep talking about it. She's joy. She's oh, like, but man. how many people who might face something like that later mm-hmm. that you can be the example for them that your mom was for you. Yes, you know absolutely. I mean? I'm yes. sure she already has been that oh, for many 100%, people. 100%. Even, yeah. even if it's not cancer, just that mindset that you have. I mean, it's just so joyful. Can you imagine if more people had that? Like, all right, I this know. is what it is. We're going to truck, truck on through right. and make the best of it. <laughs> my grandfather's middle name was Eugene. Sorry. Oh, my no. God. No, it's a terrible, it's a terrible <laughs> name. His, his name was also Richard, oh, no. and he, he chose to go by Dick, so there's that. Oh, anyway. That was my father-in-law. It's fine. All right, so what are some other passions and involvements of yours that have nothing to do with work? Yeah. Um, well, uh, passions, we'll go there. I, anything outside. I love to camp. I love to hike. I love to kayak. I just bought a new big girl kayak this weekend. Oh, cool. Look at um, you. It was my Christmas present kind of to my own self, but <laughs> let this one off the hook. Um, so anything outside is just so life-giving to me. Um, passions and interests. I love to cook. Love to cook. I love to cook for people. Um, my sweet hubs does not um, at, he has the appetite of a five-year-old, so like pepperoni pizza, chicken tenders, and scrambled <laughs> eggs and bacon, and that's about as much as I get to cook for him, so I love to have people over and to cook. We well, are inviting ourselves. Yes, over. anytime, anytime. <laughs> I, I'll get cookbooks out and just like read my cookbooks oh, and make that. a plan awesome. for the next time I have people over. Interest, other things that I'm involved in, I'm on the Fresh Start for Women board here in Owensboro, and I'm so honored to be part of that group of women. I've uh, just been on there for a couple of months, so, you know, still getting my feet wet, but that organization, I've, through Impact 100, have been a part of the Fresh Start story for a long time. The very first year that I led a focus group with Impact 100, 
the Fresh Start gals were trying to get off the ground. And at that point, they'd just gotten their 501c3. They wanted to buy a building. They didn't really have a building in mind. So they just weren't ready yet, you know, but I fell in love with them. And then fast forward a couple years later when they had purchased the apartment space on 2nd Street where they are now, they were ready. And thankfully, they were awarded the $100,000 grant through Impact 100. And they've just been part of my, I've, kind of, I've been a thread in their journey, thankfully. And now I get to be a little bit part, larger part of that. I don't know a lot about yeah, that. Yeah, tell like, us so more. What do they do? Oh, Fresh Start for Women. Yeah. Oh, good. That's a, this is great. Um, Fresh Start for Women, it's a residential campus, is the community, community, um, down on 2nd Street. There's an apartment complex that has maybe 11 or 12 apartments. There is the Impact House that has three or four bedrooms. There's the Keller House that's just been opened up. Right now, there are 18 women, and some of them have their children with them, but they've all come through recovery for the most oh, part. Okay. They've either come out of recovery successfully or they're coming out of a just a life situation where they found themselves in great need, not at, not at home any longer, um, Many have faced domestic violence issues, but most of them are facing recovery. Mm -hmm. And many of them have lost their children at the point where they come to Fresh Start. But they, that's exactly what they need is that fresh start. And so they're a community of women just like them. They pay rent. They have to pay a deposit to get their apartment or their room or the house that they're living in. They have a community where they have Bible study on Saturday mornings and they have responsibilities and jobs that they do within the campus community. There are no men allowed on the campus, no visitors really. Um, it's, it's a very tight knit group of women and they are each other's accountability and they love each other fiercely. And we have wonderful community volunteers that come in and teach classes. There's financial literacy. There's just all kinds of things that, that take place there on the campus. And the goal is eventually that they get their children back with them if they've lost their children. And that ultimately they go to work, they plan a budget, and they get to a place where they're independent. And when they reach that independence, then they're ready to move out on their own. And if they do all of those things successfully, they're far less likely to fall back into the old <laughs> habits that have taken them and led them there to begin with. So it's just a wonderful wonderful organization and a great group of people that lead it. Are there things that, um, like if somebody's listening and thought, oh, that might be something I want to contribute to, beyond money, are there other items that would be donated or is money really what they need? Um, Definitely (laughs) money because the organization funds itself. The staff is funded through, um, there's a wonderful woman named Cindy Jean uh, and her position as the executive director is funded through fundraising. I mean, everything about it. Now, the women do, like I said, they pay rent and they pay their utilities and all those kinds of things. So that is a revenue stream, but still the operations of the facility. Mm -hmm. So yes, definitely donations. And I should be able to rattle off the website, but I can't. But if you Google Fresh Start for Women Owensboro, Mm -hmm. you'll get there. Um, Right now, and I know this will be after Christmas, but um, gift cards are always, always something. We're seeking $25 gift cards right now for the women to be able to go buy Christmas for their kids. So, so that they don't have to, they don't have to budget for it. They don't have to take it out of the money that they've earned, but that they still can celebrate Christmas with their children and so it would be gift cards just like a MasterCard or like to MasterCard, a Target Walmart, or Walmart? MasterCard, Walmart, Target, Kohl's, okay. okay. all those kinds of things because they are all, they have apartments and they're always in need of, yeah. you know, That's household supplies know. just like us. Yeah. yeah. Just like us. Great. That so, yeah, so I do that. I'm on the board of JA. Um, love that. Love Dan Douglas. Shout out to Dan. <laughs> um, that, that really came out of a partnership at Brescia. He and I talked there long before I even came to the hospital. Um, but. You know, Brescia and the teacher education program, strong volunteers for JA. So it's it's been fun now in the workforce development side of the healthcare industry to still have that tie to JA and to, to connect him to our folks at the hospital. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it sounds like you are so involved professionally and just personally. You have a lot of things going on, being outside, little house on the prairie, Carol <laughs> over here. Um, so how do you um, balance? How do you find balance in life? It's probably my weakest area, probably <laughs> the thing I need to focus on for my New Year's resolution. Um, but I, I do, that time of being outside is that restorative time. I'm actually tomorrow 
it's supposed to be like 55 and somewhat sunny. Oh, wow. Probably going to be the last time that it's that. So um, I named my kayak that I got. I'm pretty sure his name's going to be Bobby McGee. <laughs> so that Sorry, I can say me and Bobby McGee are going <laughs> love it. out to Lantern Lakes. Um, also, the just the lyric and that, well, yeah. it, <laughs> oh. he's blue. The kayak is blue. And so I looked up blues and Janis Joplin and all Absolutely. those things. Um freedom is just a word when you've got nothing to lose well, so I, like you know, I love that because the for me the kayaking the moment that you are not touching anything other than water it's like the closest thing to flying so it's just this instant <sighs> the minute you're on that water so those kinds of things I try to make time to get out if it's a hike at Jeffrey's Cliffs or I'll run up to Lincoln and just walk the loop around the lake there but breathing air is probably the thing that restores me the most Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) I'm probably not nearly as good at taking care of myself as I should be Mm. Um, I have just discovered um, Jennifer Keller is and I believe she's she yeah she's been which is actually why I bought I bought my journal because I listened to her oh, podcast great. on the Broad Pod oh. and Redbird Press. Shout out to, yes. to Jennifer and Redbird Press. But I bought the journal, so I am doing that almost every day. Almost Wonderful. every day. What time do you so. get up to do it? You know, that girl gets up at like 5 a.m. I think it was 4. Uh, it was something ridiculous. So I have this dog that is 13. Oh, I have an old dog, too. she wakes up often at like 3.30. Oh. And... It's like, where's my mom? Where's my mom? <laughs> and then she wants to get up. Oh, and boy. And I she tend get to up get up. Early. So you're early, up earlier early than Jennifer Keller herself. I'm an early bird. <laughs> and actually, I love it. I, I Pre-four, I'm like, girl, we got to go back to bed. Yeah. Four o'clock, okay, I'll get up. I wow. I coffee, and I read the paper, and I read my journal, and... That's so, impressive. I don't well. support that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say that I would choose to do it, but I yeah. don't mind it. Well, it's probably peaceful. It quiet, is. Oh, so my. Like it is. Quiet, so oh, yes. man. I was and thinking, someday you're going to miss that dog. As somebody who has an older dog. I will dog, miss her. Yeah, they're, oh, yeah. I will yes. miss her dearly. Oh, <laughs> Jason is shaking his head. No, nope. he will not miss he it. What is the dog's her. name? Her name is Liberty Jane. Oh. Her birthday is September 10th, so that was close enough to 9 oh, 11 yeah. to be Aww. patriotic about it. I love that. So it's Liberty, but I call her Birdie. So it's the it's B E R T I E. So the we should cute. set her up with my Eddie, my sweet oh. Eddie dog. Oh. They could spend their senior years together. <laughs> they have a little play he's date. He's 15 and a half. So oh, poor little is on his last little legs, literally, because he's half German Shepherd and his legs are going out. Oh, this isn't about oh, me. Sorry. It's okay. Oh, I was just really thinking sad. about doggies, though. It's really sad. <laughs> I was just thinking about when she said, like, when you said you um, get out on the water and, like, you just, like, oh, it's like a release. I'm like, if I get out on the water, I'm, like, tense. I'd be like, oh. Oh, (laughs) I wish. Yeah, it's like, I would be anxious. So, I love that, you know, you find, like, I don't know, solitude on the water. I think that's wonderful. Lovely. (laughs) It's lovely. That's great. So, what is something that you're proud of aside from work? Something that I'm proud of aside from work, I would for sure say these girls that belong to this fellow because they belong to me too. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, they, you all in your adoption journeys, your pregnancy journeys is near and dear. I, in a previous life, pregnancy was never something that it never happened. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of years, it's the one thing that I can honestly say was not joyful in my heart because I question why I think I'd be such a good mom and why and it it was really a struggle for a long time until the girls came along and they replaced that 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 spot that darkness is gone and they fill my heart with all the joy and I'm so proud of them and having watched them be little girls and now they're big girls and the oldest one the other day said the letters PhD, and my oh, heart's wow. been about to explode ever since <laughs> that, wow, I'm going to have this life with a kid that's a PhD that might cure cancer someday. So I'm pretty darn proud of them and proud that I get to be part of their world. Oh, my gosh. That brings you to cry. I, honestly, I, <laughs> I mean, golly, what a blessing you are to them. I mean, that oh. that gets me choked up because you are so <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> Oh, it breaks my heart that you did, did have that joy like early, but I'm so thankful that you have your why. 
now. Oh my god, <laughs> pull it together, Jackie. I can't. I oh god, that just. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> On that note, sorry. Let's talk about me uh, uh, ripping out my nose hair. Um, okay. So, who are some women beyond those two, maybe, who have inspired you, or are there certain qualities in women in your life that have inspired you? Yeah, for sure. My mom. I mean, I've already talked about her. She is the epitome of a wife, a mother, faith, joy, all the things. She's um, she's more mild than I am. She's pretty laid back and pretty easygoing. She gets a little nervous, Nelly, about things sometimes, but she's really <laughs> laid back. But she is the epitome. When the, I can remember reading Proverbs thirty-one the first time, and being like, "That's my mom." Y'all, you know, I'm in youth group being like, that's my mom. Y'all should, that's what this is talking about. So for sure her, uh, from a, you know, professional standpoint, I had a wonderful, wonderful boss in Northern Kentucky when I worked for the American Cancer Society. Her name's Ann Maxfield, Annie M. And I actually, I'm going to see her in, in a week and a half or so. And our team that was a team 20 years ago at the American, we're going to have dinner. And that speaks to her. Because she led, I was just a 20-something-year-old kid at that time. But she taught me about being a 40-year-old leader, 40-something-year-old leader, and what that's like, and how to do it well, and to be funny, and to teach, and how to teach, and how to shape and mold. So definitely, definitely her. Um, I I look at, y'all know Sydney Warren. She's, she's one of my besties. And I look at her and how she juggles life and a career and her kids and she makes life fun and everything's an adventure. We were talking this morning at Rooster Booster. Um, they're tearing down the smokestacks at the power plant yes. and like, they're going to make a morning of it. They're going to pack up the kids and make I, breakfast I, and go oh find my, a parking My husband spot might see her out there because we talked about that too. I, mean, I was like, so fun. Be so you know, fun. so she's inspiring to me in terms of mom and I don't know she's 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 a wonderful friend to have um there's been a lot of a lot of women that have come along and crossed my path and uh, I'm I've been very very grateful to be able to emulate and watch and learn from a lot of people I've also had people that have taught me what not to do oh yeah yeah so yeah. <laughs> you learn as much that's from those people. That's sometimes valuable. inspiring. Oh, yeah. and it's, I'll leave those folks nameless. But, yeah. you know, that's equally valuable, I yeah. think, is what not to become. Yes. All right. One of the most challenging questions, maybe. Um, what are you most proud of about yourself? Yeah, that is hard. Because I don't really <laughs> think of being proud of myself. There are things about myself that I'm glad that I am and glad that I have. So that's as close to being proud that I'll say I am. And they're silly. Um, but they're, you know, they're things about me that I love and that I'm glad for. That I'm a good cook. I'm yes. a really good cook. And I'm, I'm jealous of that. I'm, <laughs> me too. I own that. I'm like, mm-hmm, I'm a good cook. Y'all come on over and eat. Uh-huh. And I can't I'll show wait. you how good can't I am. Uh, and I have a sense of direction. Isn't that, that is one of the things about me that I love most and I'm so yeah. thankful for. I love that. Is that I have a sense of direction. I can go somewhere once or I can step out of a building and be like, oh, okay, this way. It's like I have this internal built-in compass and I'm really, really grateful for that yeah. and glad that that's one of the things that's a characteristic of me. So That's good to have when you're an outdoorsy but... person. You know, you're not getting lost in the woods then. Yeah, like definitely. Definitely. <laughs> now, <clears throat> side note, did... Did y'all have like an older house that you like worked on or did I make that up? You didn't make that up. Yeah, okay. We did have an older house. So when we got together, he had a house, I had a house. Um, and Jason calls it the great merger of 2016. <laughs> <laughs> well, 2015 was when he when we moved in together. Oh, no, I was thinking about Jason, Jason, you trouble. That's what my daughter says to me. The merger of moving in together was yeah. 2015. So yeah, he sold his you were house. living in sin, is that what I'm That's hearing? That's exactly what okay. you're hearing. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So we merged households and it, we lived in my house and it was always my house. You know, Mm -hmm. I tried really hard, even with the girls, I tried really hard to, I never made it my house. I think that was probably more in my head than anything. Yeah. But we, we, me, I I love to look at houses. I love to look at houses for sale online. And so this house was right there um, on campus, basically on Brescia's campus. It's just right there on St. Anne. And it was so pretty and so kind of quirky on the outside. But I clicked on it when it was for sale. And the inside was stunning. I mean, woodwork and 
pocket doors and floor to ceiling windows and chandeliers and so he came home and I was like, you got to look at this house. It Because it's kind of quirky, was kind of more so quirky on the outside. You don't realize how pretty it is on the inside. And, I mean, I was just more excited about how pretty it was. And he was like, you want to go look at it? I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, I'd love to go see that stuff. Yeah. Like, no, you want to go look at it? Like, to buy? So we went and looked at it and... He says the moment we walked in the door, it was over, and he knew we were going to buy it. <laughs> I'm not sure that's true. <laughs> but we did wind up buying it, um, and, and we were we were both working at Brescia at the time, and while we thought that was a really good idea to be on campus, and we thought that the girls would live with us and go to school for free, and it yeah. wouldn't cost us, you know, it became kind of evident quickly that none of those things were going to happen. And then I got sick, and there was that, just that was probably the only layer of, and it wasn't even fear, but it was, if something happened to me, what would he do with this? And mm-hmm. it just was too much. It was just too much. And we were, we never left campus as much as we love it there. We never left and we were always on and I don't know. It was something about going through the treatment and mm-hmm. going through cancer that probably was the instigator of selling it but it was beautiful and we got to build the kitchen out and it was a wonderful home but now it belongs to a wonderful couple that has the resources to put all the charm and character and the frosting on the cake that it needs Chip and Joanna yes and they've made it beautiful they've painted it and it's really beautiful and they're the people that are supposed to live there so as somebody who's married to somebody they work with and who's lived on a college campus for a long time I totally there is something magical about when you finally yeah. Like separate yourself from that and go home and you're like, I'm home. This is not work. This is <laughs> not work. I can't look out people, my living room window and see the kids. Yeah, the, people the don't. And yeah. People who've never like lived on campus for their job. I, yeah. You just don't understand. What no. <laughs> no. There are great things about it. Right. But yeah. Anyway. Yeah. It was a fun adventure. I could do a whole podcast on just residence life and. Oh, oh I'm sure. Yeah. Affairs, but anyway. Stories. Well, I think that wraps it up. Yeah, I'm I think this so is a thrilled. great podcast oh. to send people into a new year because oh, I think people who listen to this, I'm going to say it again, their word for 2023 is probably going to be joy yes. oh. after and oh. the value of it. I mean, I think yeah. that's what you teach people is just what an, a positive attitude and just really you know, embracing the joy in life yes. and you spread it. It's its own like medicine. Crazy, girl. I mean, yeah. I mean, thank you. You were your own medicine. I feel like getting yourself through. We were so lucky to have you on here. Yes. So thank, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank it's an honor you. to be here. I've, I've been giddy all day about it. So <laughs> <laughs> it's really an honor to be here. So thank you. And thank you for doing this. This is, there's some amazing women in this community and oh, gosh, I'm looking yeah. forward to just learning more about a lot of because a lot of them that have been on I didn't know yeah right. same and uh, I love know, that that you're shining a light show. on people that deserve to have that spotlight shine on them so thank yeah. you for saying go that. y'all thank <laughs> you. Tracy's best friend Sydney Ballard Warren tells us why she's inspired by Tracy let me tell you about my best friend if you have met Tracy you already know she is one of the kindest most generous people you will ever meet one of Tracy's many gifts is that she always sees the best in people. She is incredibly talented at connecting the best parts of those she knows to create opportunities, partnerships, and bridges, out of which usually grows something most people would have a hard time even imagining possible. She is smart, but warm enough that she lets you usually think that the great idea that just popped up is yours. Our community is lucky to have her building those bridges. And I am one of the many who are lucky to have her on my team.